We have a great podcast. I've learned a ton about how to produce a podcast. We've had a lot of interesting guests, but we don't know how to promote it. And when you don't know how to do something, it's pretty rare they actually do it. Hiya, and welcome to the Podcast Owner's Manual, your handy reference guide to taking care of your podcast and yourself. My name's Mark, I'm your podcast producer, consultant and coach, and uh, this week I'm speaking with Roger and Nina of the Sex is Funny podcast. They've been podcasting under pseudonyms while they wait for their kids to turn 18. This has made growing the podcast harder because they can't rely on friends and family to help spread the word. So I was able to run them through some of the basics of podcast growth. And then we got into some unusual tactics for growing a fun, sex-positive show. Now, Nina joined us a little way into the course. You'll hear her voice in the second half of the episode. But we started by diving into how Roger puts episodes together. So my partner in crime, Nina Velvet, and I have been working on a podcast since... About August 2020, so not right at the beginning of the pandemic, but not long after it started. We spent a couple of months figuring out what we wanted to talk about, which is we wanted to do a sex-positive podcast that had a humor element to it, which kind of leveraged on the kind of conversations that we would just have on a day-to-day basis. So the problem that we're having is we have a great podcast, I think. I've learned a ton about how to produce a podcast. We've had a lot of interesting guests, but we don't know how to promote it. And when you don't know how to do something, it's pretty rare they actually do it. At first, we just had a regular recording date once a week. and We would record it, and then I would edit it using Adobe Audition, and then I would upload it to Libsyn, and it would go out to all the syndicated services. And so we got a lot of episodes out quickly. We would just pick a topic, then we would think, who could we get to join us, one of our friends, and sometimes it would just be the two of us. Sometimes it would be three of us. We just did our first podcast with four people. We basically do it as a conversation. And then I go through and make hundreds and hundreds of tiny little edits to clean it up to the point where I feel like it's something I could put my fake name on. <laughs> and and then we publish it and go on. And then things kind of slow down after a while. But now we're more like on the once a month schedule. What have you currently been doing? And if nothing is the answer, that's that's an okay answer. But in order to sort of to try and tell people that the show exists and that you've got a new episode, what are you currently doing? So mostly it's word of mouth. Uh, we have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook account. But, you know, that's really not enough. you got to actually do things with them. And we haven't really dove into that. And one of the reasons for it is that, you know, since we use fake names on this podcast, it would be so much easier if we could leverage our own social networks to start, but we can't do that. Well, let me just put it this way. So far, we have not chosen to do that. We Part of the reason that I was waiting was for my daughter to turn 18, and now she has. And so that makes me think, yeah, we could probably come out with our real names, and then that would make it so much easier. Yes, I think you're not the only one who's sort of had that 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 battle, and I wish I had a sort of helpful answer to that one, because I think it is tricky if you want to keep uh, some anonymity, then yeah, it, it does deny you that that particular uh, avenue. But what I will say is I think a lot of these things can feel like 
they might be bigger avenues than they actually are, you know, sort of friends and family, will only get you so far. And so I think we can kind of shortcut that and say, okay, let's assume for now that's not possible or, or viable. How do you feel about guesting on other people's podcasts? Oh, I'd love to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I, again, it's a, it's more like, I don't really know how to put myself out there to do that. Okay. That's great. So there are services like matchmaker.fm that have listings of people who are looking for guests. I'll have links to, to things in, in the show notes. That can get you some. It can be useful as a starting off point. Sometimes the shows that you see there, if you start searching around, people, you know, it's the scourge of a lot of podcasting is that people set up shows, they do a few and then they get bored or they get busy and they move on. So there are, you know, a few dead shows that you'll find on services like that. But there are, there is that, there's Podcast Guest, I believe. It's just podcastguest.com which is a long-standing one. It's been around for, for quite a while. And those, like I said, they they can short-circuit the process, but I think the best thing to do is actually just to start looking in your podcast directories, in Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and searching for the kind of shows that fit your fit your niche, or thinking in terms of your listener, what are the other shows that they're listening to? So uh, one of the things that I've been looking at recently is building a listener profile or a listener avatar or a listener persona to really get a handle on who your listener is, where they hang out, and also, I'll say, what podcasts they listen to. Because once you've got that, then you can just do the research of finding out. You can either visit their website and fill in a contact form. There are ways that you can look at their their podcast feed and get their email address. That's a little bit more technical, but it's doable. And you can just drop them an email. And then there's I have a particular formula for that. You want to make sure they know you know that it's a show that is happy to accept guests because some just don't. And you can always offer to to do a swap as well. You can all you know always say let's have a guest swap, let's do a promo swap, that kind of thing. Does that feel doable? Oh sure. So with that, I think a really good process is get yourself a Trello board. Get on you know Trello.com, set up a board with all of the as you start thinking of podcasts. List them in that in the sort of first left-hand column of these that are just all the ones that I want to promote, uh, want to talk to, and then set up columns in Trello for the different stages of the process. So maybe it's just researched, you know, I've found their email address, move the card to this column, and then I've contacted them and they've said yes or whatever. So you can start to sort of, you know, deal with quite a few at the same time because it, the best way of doing this is just make it a process. It's funny that you mentioned Trello because there was a time when we had so many episodes in different stages of production that we needed to bring up a Trello board. Yes. Actually, we didn't use Trello, but something very much like it. Just to keep track of like episode 36 is in, you know, is, is in planning and episode 35 is in post-production, episode 34 and so on. Yep. That's another good trick. Yeah, it works. Um, you know, you can scour podcast newsletters, uh, especially, you know, new new podcasts. They're, they're going to be eager for guests. It's not necessarily going to get you a, a great audience if they're a new podcast, but it gets you in the habit. Also, with a new podcast, maybe the stakes are a little lower too. Like maybe you start out with a new podcast as you build your chops and yes. then maybe you go to bigger ones. Yeah, it's sort of work your way up the ladder. And I think it works the, the other way as well when you want to get guests. is It's always nice to be able to say, well, this other person that you've heard of, they did the podcast. Do you want to do yeah. the podcast? You know. While we're on the sort of t- swapping uh, topic, then swapping trailers or promos, I think, is a really, really good thing that you can do. Uh, and again, 
it is just about reaching out. I've tried to find or start directories that kind of automate this process, make it a little bit more discoverable, but the best thing to do is just reach out to people individually. And it's exactly the same process, but then instead of asking to, to be a guest, you know, maybe you make up a quick sort of 30, 45 second promo uh, that they can play in their episode and vice versa. You could talk about collaborating on an episode. So I think a really good starting point is working with other podcasters. So the, the first thing is you mentioned publishing monthly. One of the things that I think is difficult is it's hard to lodge in people's brains for a monthly show because people build podcast listening into their habits and turning up on a regular basis means great. I know like it's Tuesday. I know this podcast is going to drop. I'm looking forward to it. And they, you know, your listener will build it into their routine. It also means that you occupy a little bit more brain space for them. I know that trying to produce a show every week is a not an easy task. Yeah. I am curious, do you feel like there's an ideal frequency for growth? Y yes. A conversation I've had with Acast before would suggest they like them weekly. There's a reason for that, though. That's because the more people put episodes out, the more ads they can sell. But I do think weekly or every two weeks, I think, is a really good... Uh, every two weeks is a manageable frequency. What I was thinking of is... If you thought in terms of seasons, you could batch produce a few episodes. What, what it allows you to do, this is a bit of a hack, is that if you announce a new season, it gives you a, an extra bump in terms of what you can promote. So Pod News, for example, which is, you know, it's a newsletter for podcasters, so it's only going to get you so far. But this is going to be the case with lots of newsletters. If you come out saying... We've got a new season. This is a show. It's, it's established. It's been here since 2020, but we're excited to tell you about a new season. We're going to talk about this. You know, maybe if you've got some or all of your episodes already, already recorded, you can make a season trailer. You can tell people about the guests that you've got coming up. And then that gives you a little bit of juice that you can then take to email newsletters and just generally makes, it gives you an event that you can then tell people about. And you can. It gives you something to talk about on Twitter or whatever, too. Yeah, I wouldn't put too much stock, if you like, in the social media aspect in terms of it's good for a certain amount of, of work. It's good for sort of building a brand and communicating with your listeners. But the difficulty that we have with social media is that we often expect there to be a sort of one-to-one -one relationship where you post a link and then you get listeners. And it rarely happens like that because... There's a few reasons, and one of them is the person who's scrolling, just looking, whether it's at a hashtag or, or just looking at their phone for a general bit of scrolling, that's what they're in the mood for at the moment. That's what they're in the context for. They're just sitting there scrolling on their phone, looking at stuff. They see a podcast episode pop up, you know, a link to a, a podcast episode. They're probably not going to dive in and listen to that. I got you. Roger is the is the Twitter person. How do you feel about promoting the podcast, telling the world about it? So we were waiting for children to be, get to be of age. But now I think we want to keep our fun porn names just because it's easier to talk about all this stuff if you're your alter ego anyway. And it's better for our for our our guests who can be totally anonymous. And then if people Google us, because we're so interesting, we could be like, they'll find out who we are, but it's like, you know, the buck kind of stops there as far as everything else can stay anonymous. 
you only really have to come out to the people that know you. You know, the, to the podcast listeners, you're still the Roger and, and Nina that they've come to know and love. Whereas now you just get to tell people about your exciting double life. Oh, that's true. I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> well, the other thing is that Roger and Nina are not actually exactly the same people as our real life selves. Oh, of course. Because why would you, you know, why would you constrain yourself to being the same person when you've got the chance to make a whole new version of yourself? Oh, exactly. totally. Well, we're recognizable. It's not like we're that different, but, yeah. you know, we say things that maybe our real life versions might word differently. So now what I'm, what I want to happen for you, and I want to see how this lands and if we can make this happen is, can you have a coming out party for the <gasps> podcast? Can you have a, a podcaster reveal party? <laughs> this where is fabulous. You get, you know, well, you get your friends and family and you can invite your listeners and, you know, pick a place and, and reveal to those that you love that you have this amazing podcast. That's a fabulous idea. I hadn't thought of that. So like an in-person thing? Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's really fun. I love how it's like a coming out and reveal party because it's like our baby. It's true. It's like, oh, <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> all the joy of a reveal party with none of the icky gender stuff that's, that's true right. we don't have to burn yeah. down california to do it <laughs> everybody wins <laughs> right exactly that is something that you get to do you know not just for yourselves and for the show but also that is that may be something that you can do a little bit of local press around that, you know, if you find some sort of local publications, you'd be surprised that the fun you can have with a bit of local press. Uh, a friend of mine, we got her in the in some of our local press here, and then I think it got further afield, and it got so many comments because she was making a podcast about periods. And the, the, the people that, yeah, the comments were, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'm not exactly in a backwater, but it might as well have been based on the comments. But it, at least it gives you that. You know, that local flair, that local thing is something that you can play around with. You know, finding a, finding a venue that will do it. And God, I'm just, I'm sort of planning the party in my head. That I should leave that to you. Have you ever looked at the account Fesshole? The Twitter account mm -hmm. Fesshole. No. Um, Fesshole is an anonymous Twitter account that anyone can submit to. And it's anonymous confessions, basically. Okay. And some of them are more and more, actually, they've got quite, some of them are quite sort of, they get you in the feels like they're, they're not confessions of awful crimes. Some of them are just like, I'm too embarrassed to tell, you know, th this particular thing that, that happened, but where you get to have a lot of fun, particularly talking about sex and sex positivity, as I think you have an opportunity to use social media to gather and tell some really funny stories anonymously you know you could set up an account with a google form or something like that where people can just enter made up well they don't have to enter a name they can literally just type in some text and you can then pick the ones that you like and start to disseminate those you could talk about them on the podcast there's all sorts of, of things like that that you get to do in social media rather than just trying to push the episode because that rarely works it sounds like you're on lots of different platforms, and I think it feels like there's, to some degree, differing advice with some of this stuff. But I think the best advice, because 
one of the the, the statements that I heard uh, most recently is if you try it's something along the lines of if you chase two rabbits you'll catch neither. Yeah, I know what you mean. Meaning that you know if you're on Twitter and trying to promote on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all these different places, and there's only two of you that's quite difficult. Whereas if you focus your energy on one platform that you feel like this is the one actually that, that will have uh, the most traction with, and I would guess it would probably be more Twitter than it is Instagram. Possibly Instagram if you do some sort of images and text rather than photos, because obviously thinking about it being a visual medium. Yes, Twitter is definitely uh, the most simpatico of the social media for us. There's a few other things I, I was thinking about, like there are some sort of small bits of low hanging fruit that I think could make your life uh, a little bit easier when it comes to promoting the show. I think have a look at the artwork. I think having looked at the artwork, I don't know that sort of says what it needs to say about the, the podcast. And You don't have to mince words. <laughs> <laughs> He's a delicate flower. <laughs> I'm being terribly polite. Um, I think because it's black and white and because it's sort of quite blocky you can identify it easily enough but i think maybe having something in there that's perhaps a little bit more i don't know a little bit more fun a little bit more vibrant a bit more colorful and allows you to create a really distinct and sort of yeah like a, a brand that really sort of that you can take across the website and across all the social media and stuff that has a bit more vibrancy to it because i think the the kind of topics that you cover but also your natures as hosts, as presenters, there's a lot more flair and colour and sort of spice and all that kind of stuff. And it'd be really good to see that reflected in in the brand. So the next thing or the, the final thing I will I will ask about is what do you have in terms of a web presence? We have a site with a few pages on it. It's kind of a placeholder, but it's got a list of episodes you can play in place. And it's got like a page for if you want to be a guest on our show. And it's got a little bit about us, but not very much. And it's got a list of topics. What's that built on? Something goofy. Like it's basically the place where the domain is parked gives you a, a free way to put a couple of web pages on it. Yep. I'm with you. If you can look into a service like a pod page, what that gives you is you'll get a nice looking website and you can add. You can sort of re-add uh, pages, you know, like a guest booking page. I think they've even got a guest booking facility within PodPage. But one of the reasons that I'm really bullish on this kind of thing is every episode should have its own web page that you own because when you start sharing it, when you start telling people about it, whether you've uh, anonymously or whether, you know, this is post the party, you want to be able to point people to your website because... There you can have all the buttons for, for people to subscribe to the podcast in their app of choice. So you're not sharing an Apple Podcasts link or a, obviously not sharing a Spotify link ah. anymore. But, you know, most people don't have iPhones. Most people have Android phones. Uh, and so when you're sharing Apple Podcasts link, you're sort of saying to those people, this podcast is not for you. Yeah, we don't want um, to do that. Even though they can get it, obviously they can get it, but you're making them do an extra leap. Ah. If you have an, uh, a web page for each episode, this gives you all sorts of, um, of nice things. So that's the sort of the unit that you would share and you would point to. You can also tell Libsyn, this is the address of the page. And what that then means is when people are listening on their phones, they can tap the title of the episode and it will go through to your website. 
So on your website, you can have your show notes, you can have the player as well. So for people who've found it on the web, you can have the, the player there so they can hear the episode straight away. They can see your show notes and links. And if you want to start building an email, an email newsletter, which is a really good thing to do, then you can have that on your website as well. And the whole point of this, or part of the point of it, is you get to invite the listener to do things that serve you after you've you know provided value to them is to now say okay well you know now come and come and sign up to the newsletter and we can let you know about new episodes or that kind of stuff it needn't be pod page but one of the nice things about that service is it will update your website for you as new episodes drop so it will create these new pages for you and you know it's a simple easy enough service to use you get some really nice looking templates you can make uh, a really good website using it great um so i would absolutely recommend that cool yeah that's a great idea that's a huge yeah that's a huge idea thank you the other quick thing is pod.link is a really good service if you just want to have something really quick in the meantime to be able to share to people that is cross-platform you can create a custom link it's completely free you can create a custom link will be pod.link slash you know whatever and that will create a little web page that's mobile optimized has your latest episode, has the name of your podcast, and then all of the little buttons for Apple Podcasts and Google and Stitcher and lots of other places. And so if you share that, again, that just makes your listeners' lives easier. They can pick the app that, that works for them. We need a person on our team to work on this stuff. It can feel overwhelming, but it's not stuff that you have to do all right now. It's stuff that you can do. If you can just dedicate uh, a bit of set, set out or set aside a regular bit of time, whether it's every week, if you can manage it, every day, some, you know, half an hour every day to do little jobs or to engage on social media. It's something that I've forgotten his name from Grow the Show calls targeted daily engagement, but it's literally sitting on like Twitter or wherever for half an hour and just seeing where you can contribute to a conversation. But if you can spend a little bit of time, you can just chip away at these little jobs, just get them in a big list and just start chipping away at them. And before you know it, you'll have made huge strides and you'll be surprised at where you were even, you know, a month, six weeks ago. So um, if, if this stuff feels useful, I, I, as I say, I will put things in the notes for this episode, but just start making a list of the things that feel achievable and even the things that maybe feel maybe not so achievable and just start chipping away at them. And it's absolutely stuff that is within your power to do. Yeah, it's really just nice. a bit of a slog. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you, Mark. Yeah. It's my pleasure. So as we wrap up, would you please like to tell me and the listener about your show and where it can be found? Our show is Sex is Funny. It's the two of us, Quaker sluts. We grew up together and we are trying to have the conversation about what's uncomfortable why is it uncomfortable why is it horrifying why is it wonderful how we can make it more healthy and happy and all that good stuff we're trying to change the world through sex positivity one orgasm at a time my thanks to roger and nina from the sex is funny podcast for talking to me about podcast growth when you have to remain anonymous uh, if there's anything in there that you want to have a chat about then mark at origin.fm is my email uh, and of course you can find links to everything we discussed at podcastownersmanual.com. 